The James Mitsubishi Exit 31 podcast is available on ESPNSyracuse.com and ESPNUR.com, plus iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, TuneIn and SoundCloud, or find it at Exit 31 ESPN on Facebook and Twitter. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Where did I get that unreal from, Spencer Davidson? That is from the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup Parade and the one Nikita Kucherov who was having just oh so fantastic of a time celebrating their cup win. There's no better way to start a Monday in my mind. It's unreal. Hockey's around the corner. Yeah, let's lead with hockey. No, I think we'll lead with Syracuse football and FSU. Talk some Yankees today, quite a bit of NFL today. Do we start with... The transfer portal and Taj, or do we start with the missed holding call that was unbelievable? Because we'll get to the doink. (laughs) We're going to get to the doink. The doink. Uh, As the glue guy shakes his head at Spencer and myself, my name is Rain. So let's get into this. Nostra Davidson. I'm Rain Stradamus. It's Exit 31 ESPN Radio QSportsTalk.com. We'll find us there. Peeps are already saying hello in the chat. I'm wearing that shirt that looks orange but is actually red today. Oh, you have, yeah. You have Rangers on today. You do not have a logoed shirt on today. Mm. None of us are representing Syracuse. Why is that? Nobody's got any Syracuse gear on? Well, your shirt kind of looks orange on the camera, so that'll uh, that'll suffice. We'll call it orange today. Schrader's the starting quarterback, Spencer. Yeah. He is the starting quarterback. Are you acknowledging that he is, or are you are reading my mind since you're Nostra Davidson? You know where I'm going with this. Well, I think I know where you're going with this, but um, I mean, I I am in agree in agreement to an extent. Well, but I, I want to hear your take, though. Okay, he's the starting quarterback, regardless of what happens, regardless mm-hmm. of Taj Harris' status or anything else moving forward. Mm-hmm. Put thirty points on the board, and they left points off the board with missed opportunities, some a couple of questionable play calls, and things like that. But he he clearly is the best option for this team. I don't see how you can go back from this. This is not a high-octane, orange-is-the-new-fast-passing offense. It's not what this is. It's the Dino Baber special, but not this year. He basically has acknowledged that between post-game and, of course, his press conference earlier today. You've got to go with what you have, and what you have is minus Taj now, some inexperienced receivers, Mm -hmm. and clearly... Sean Tucker is the feature of this offense with quite a bit of Garrett Schrader, but he threw for 150. He was responsible for four touchdowns. And yeah, unfortunately, we lost to a winless team. But there, there's no going back from this barring injury. You can't just go to Tommy at this point, unless you're in a game where you're getting blown out. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be in every game for the rest of the year. That includes... I don't foresee a win this weekend, okay? I don't want to get that far ahead of our skis. But realistically, I think we can be in that game. Mm-hmm. And he's the quarterback. And I'm good with that. Partially because I said I think the season ends with Garrett Schrader. And that's probably the best option moving forward. You're rebuilding this year. And this is as much for the future with his two years of eligibility remaining as it is right now. The only way he gets better is if he plays all the time. But he's shown me enough that he has to be, based on the personnel on this team, the starting quarterback. And I am not the only one that has that opinion. I know there are others that disagree with me. But that's what I believe. Your turn. Well, I, I, I agree with you that I think overall he is, 
he is the quarterback for this team moving forward. I, I think where I want to pump the brakes a little bit is, is the fact that, you know, you do have some other receivers out there that have started to prove to be a little bit more reliable. You know, I'm looking at Anthony Queeley from the last game. Sherrod Johnson had a couple of nice catches. I just think that this team is always going to have question marks at the quarterback position unless they are consistently winning games where they're not having a difficult time moving the ball. Schrader was much better as the game went on. He w- he did not look good on the first few drives. I understand that, but let me put this out there for you to and, and let you continue off of this. They had 389 yards of offense. They scored 30 points. They ran for over 230, and it's a good run defense. We talked about that. We went behind enemy lines and talked about mm-hmm. that. You know what you're getting yourself into, as as promised, I suppose, was Florida State's defense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You should win games when you do that. Yeah. I, I Look, I, I thought Garrett Trader played very well, except for, you know, after the, after he got the cobwebs off in the, you know, the first few drives, I and thought the, he looked a lot better. And the interception was a Hail Mary, so stop. That's, yeah, the it wasn't like he made some Mary. terrible throw. Right, right. But, you know, I, I just think that I don't I don't think you've seen the last of Tommy DeVito. And I don't think you've seen the last of him unless, you know, like you said, if it was a game that they're getting blown out or whatever. I think you see him again in a game where the Syracuse offense just isn't working. Maybe they're down by a touchdown or two. They need the passing game to get going. Then you see Tommy DeVito. So I don't necessarily think Garrett Schrader is in term is is 100% the clear cut number 1 there's no you know doubts about that i i think there's still going to be doubts creeping in he improved in the passing game it wasn't great but he improved from what yeah, we've he, seen I, already right you're you're absolutely right he did but i still think we know we all know that if if the if it's going to come down to the passing game needing to win the game we we know that Tommy DeVito is better in that in that category. Now, granted, I saw some things from Schrader that you know, like you mentioned just now. I, I think he he has already improved, and I think he will continue to progress and and improve in the passing game. But then, let, why would you take two steps back and go to DeVito unless it's in a situation where there's injury or they're getting blown out, and you just you just got to give Garrett Schrader to ch- just get out of there, clear your head. You, you know, you're gonna you might have to do that. Well, because you want to do what's best for the team to win each game. And if there's a game where Schrader isn't giving you the best chance to win, you know, you got to, I mean, you saw, you saw with, with Eric Dungy, you saw when Eric Dungy, you know, was, was struggling a little bit, you would have DeVito come in when he was a, a sophomore. But that's was the that circumstances I'm talking about. If, if the team is struggling, I said that I gave you that caveat, mm-hmm. but otherwise, aren't you just hurting his development moving forward? Yeah. I, yes. 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 In order for him to continue to get better, he needs to play. I'm not saying that Garrett Schrader shouldn't be playing or doesn't deserve to be playing or shouldn't be remaining as the starter. I'm simply just saying you 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 are of the mindset that there there is no Tommy DeVito unless they're getting blown out anymore. I'm just trying to sit there and tell you, all right, pump the brakes a little bit because, you know, with this team, there's a really good chance that you're probably going to see Tommy DeVito playing meaningful minutes at some point even if Schrader is the one primarily getting the starts. Well, you call me out on that when that happens. If I that will. happens, how is that? Exit 31, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Rainster Domison notes to Davidson. We're getting a little testy there for a minute, dude. All right. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's pump the brakes. Let's read you a couple tweets. You got, let's give you the Sean Tucker tweet. Everybody looks forward to yes, the sir. Sean Tucker tweet. Saturday, we lost. Florida State, 33, Syracuse, 30. I'm not pleased with my performance. Stepping out of bounds on the one-yard line can't happen again. Agreed. I had 24 attempts for 102 yards, uh, another 100-yard rushing game, though, by the way. Uh, seven games to go. i just getting started. So there's that. Okay, I, I got no problems with Sean Tucker right now. We'll dissect his performance a little bit later, I'm sure. 
But let's move to the Taj Harris tweet. Mm. Syracuse, thank you for all the love and support with an orange heart at Coach Babers Cuse. Thank you for being the remodel. I think you meant role model. I needed it in my life as well as the coaching staff, another orange heart. With that being said, I am entering the transfer portal. Orange heart, love y'all. So it, it's just a matter of he's not getting enough targets. His numbers aren't where they wanted to be. He already missed that game against Albany. There was all this talk and speculation with his high-octane offense. I think with the assumption that Tommy DeVito would remain starter and they'd be throwing the ball a lot more, he had a chance to put up some all-time numbers at Syracuse. That's not going to happen. He has eligibility remaining. He wants to go to a place where they're going to throw him the ball quite a bit. Name, image, likeness, I think, factors into this. He has gear. He has merch. Uh, He knows his worth. That was an earlier cryptic tweet from him. Or is there something fundamentally wrong within the program? Because we've seen some players leaving in the last three, four, or five weeks. Let's put it that way. Something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about? Is that speculation? Uh, We've heard Dino basically say, I'm not talking about players that aren't here and addressing the players that have left the program. I I guess I understand that. At some point, we want some answers. But private conversations, as Dino said, I'm paraphrasing, are private conversations. Mm -hmm. So what's going on? I, this is just a, a case of Taj Harris being a me player. He's he's a me guy. Hmm, funny, I, I thought the same thing. He he he. I mean, this is this is him just quitting on the team. This is him, you know, wanting. You know, look, everybody is entitled to an extent to want what's best for them. Have in we life. seen a few of those this year? Then? Yes. Okay, continue. Yes, because I mean, first of all, this is really I I would say in, since Dino Baber's time here. You know, the most you're seeing guys leave the program. And 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 the thing is, is it's not like this is a one in ten team anymore. It's not like these guys don't have a chance in any game. I mean, even in this in this Florida State game, they had they had a chance to win. They're a competitive team right now. This is just Taj Harris not getting what Taj Harris wants and saying, All right, I'll see you later. This this is where this is the problem. This is where I see the transfer portal is such a huge problem for me. In college football, because and in college basketball, because I just feel like it makes collegiate players way too much like professional free agents, where if something's not going their way, they can just pick up and leave. Should you not be allowed to enter the transfer transfer portal while this season is taking place? Absolutely, is not. that fair? Absolutely, you shouldn't be able to do that. That's ridiculous. You're allowing players. Who's the player that did it last week? And he spelled um, a, a naughty word the wrong way in his Twitter. But he quit for Ohio State. Who was the player's? What was his name? I forgot to. I forgot to jot it down. And I meant to talk about it with I you forget. last week. I and thought I, you were talking about Lebron, but I think no. I think everybody knows who I'm from, talking from about Ohio State. But there's another example with with another you know Power Five conference. Another player just quitting on his team in the middle. It allows that opportunity. Well, you can't you can't do that. You can't you can't be a free agent in the pros in the middle of the season just because things aren't working your way I, out. I always thought that the transfer rule was stupid. That you have to wait a year. It, I just think it is, and and you shouldn't be allowed to transfer six times. I mean, yes, there's we can debate this uh, far greater and, and open up this can of whoop ass a lot greater than I'm doing right now. But the point is, you can't quit in the middle of the season. You can't enter the transfer portal in the middle of the season. You shouldn't have to wait a year. If you want to leave once the season is over, leave, and that's fine. Go play wherever you want to play. But otherwise. They've, they've got to do something with this. This isn't quite working. This kind of stuff can't happen. It's not just with Syracuse that it's happening. Glue guy, you're trying to catch my attention. What's going on? Dale's Gant. 
was the player. Yes, for Ohio State. Thank you very much. Yep. With his tweet that was... Did yes. you, yeah. yeah, we can't say it. Let alone, I won't spell it either. But th- that's a perfect example. There's another perfect example of this. You, you know what? You want to leave? Make them inactive. Wait it out. Season's mm-hmm. over. Enter the transfer portal and leave school. Yeah. Yeah, you should have to or leave school, but yeah. you got to wait to enter the transfer portal. Well, because, because you tell me he's not talking to other teams, he's not sniffing around. There's there the, the, you can't be rewarded for simply not getting what you want and being like, "All right, screw this, I'm out." Like you can't like you you have to be accountable for commitments that you've made. And if you've committed to play for this team, and you all of a sudden don't want to play anymore, then good. That's a conversation between you and the coaching staff. Oh, really? And you Hold can on. Sit down the rest of the year and then and then wait it out. But you can't be just in the in after week five be putting yourself in the transfer portal to finish the season somewhere else. This remember, you're you're look, you are a college student first. That is what you're supposed to be. A college student first and an athlete second. Student athlete, not athlete student. And so you're just going to leave college in the middle of the year and go somewhere else in the middle of the year? Listen, they have a you have a, a total right, and I agree you should profit off your name, your image, or your likeness. But there's got to be a balance there with the commitment. You can't. What are you doing when you just walk away all the time? Sometimes you've got to you got to yeah sit and suffer through it. You you've got to persevere. You've got to man up. You made a commitment to a team. Well, and 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 and. I mean, if, if it's if, not just time, if you're if one of your things is that you want to be put out there more for NFL scouts and everything, you think NFL scouts are going to be impressed with someone wanting to leave a team in the middle of the year? If you're that if good you're and that you can kind play, of a guy, if you're that good and you can play, you're going to play in the NFL. You are going to get an opportunity to showcase yourself in a training camp as a free agent at the combine or whatever that is. And if you're that damn good, you're going to be playing on Sundays in the National Football League. I'm sorry. And Thursdays and Mondays and occasionally on Saturdays and yeah, well, that's when we get into the playoffs. But you get my yeah. point, yeah. And and yeah, I mean, like, I just don't understand because where's Taj Harris going to go? What you going to get picked up by Alabama? No, you going to you going to get picked up by Ohio State? He's going to go. He wants to go somewhere where he's going to get eight, ten, twelve. He just wants gaudy numbers. I, you can put whatever numbers you want: All total right, so number of receptions to, or yards. Go to he Bowling wants Green. big numbers. Go to Bowling Green, then get your touches. There you go. Have fun. Maybe you will. Yeah. Maybe you will. Private conversations are private conversations. When I have those conversations, you guys, one thing I've always done is it's to have a private conversation. It, it needs to be private and it needs to be that uh, you're not going to share with anyone else if you really want to get the truth of the matter out of it. So uh, I'm going to uphold my end of the bargain. And if they want to reveal what the conversations were, they can do that. And based off of what they say, I'll either confirm or deny that's exactly what happened. There's a little tease of sound check with Dino Babers. We'll get some audio from the post game. We've got some audio from the press conference earlier today. We're going to air more of that next. Continue this conversation. That will roll into about 2.30 with Stephen Bailey when we'll get you the breakdown. Who else is on the phones today, by the way? We'll take a quick, uh, we'll take a quick right and then a left. And then we'll be at the wild card. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. little Yankees. I guess it's a brag session, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> if they, if they would have only won two out of three against the Rays, they'd be hosting the, the wild card game tomorrow. Yeah, but what the heck was going on? Yeah, you needed that and Judge and a one run. Re- uh, you walked up. Yeah, yeah. They what a weird year for the Yankees. The strangest year I've, I've ever recalled. It's it's been. It's been a roller coaster. That's for sure. It's like it, the Bronx Zoo of the seventies. It feels like, except it's not. 
for the same reasons, but it feels that way. It's yeah. like it's like monkeys running around the cage. Yeah. Ah, flinging stuff at everybody, but it's a turtle. See, and seeing what sticks. It's a turtle. And every once in a while, something's stuck. But uh, you know, it was it was the same type of year for the Mets too. I mean, the Mets, man, they were they were in the, the division lead for like the first three and a half months of the season, and then just bottomed out. Well, our Yankees conversation will be with Chris Stacy at about three fifteen. Kate Calloway will join us on the phones at three thirty. But you know what's next? Sound check from Dino Babers and then Stephen Bailey, ESPN Radio Exit Thirty One, and we're at QSportsTalk.com. This is Exit 31 with Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. Well, never a dull moment when it comes to Syracuse athletics, that is for sure. Cardiac Qs, as we like to call them. It's not the basketball team we're it's talking about, right? It's not even the basketball team this time. That we're talking about, but there's always something to talk about when it comes to Syracuse athletics. And of course, the big news as we begin this work week is the news of Taj Harris deciding to move on and enter the transfer portal. And for whatever reason, that's what his decision is. And you have to respect his decision in terms of he's allowed to make it. But I don't agree with being able to do so in the middle of the season. It's not and it's not just Taj, but any player that leaves in the middle of a season, it's just the word me. Yeah. Well, you also, and Jarvion Howard just did it last week. It just, the word me just sits there for me and from the outside looking in, right? Yep. Is that fair? You but, know, I, I respect a player, even if you're on a team that's like in the pros, like a last place team, not going anywhere, they're big sellers or whatever, but you stick around because you want to be a part of that team through thick and thin. You went, that's, that's, I, I respect that. But a team, a guy that just jumps ship. And, yeah. and it's not even like, again, it's not even like Syracuse is bad. They're not bad, folks. They are competitive. Yeah. He's just not getting as many catches as he wants. Can you imagine? It's not last year's team. No. It, it absolutely is. And I don't get that. I haven't gotten that feeling at all. No. I haven't felt hopeless at any point. Last year, I felt hopeless after a while. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is the longest season since, oh, Greg Robinson was the yeah. coach. But I saw an interesting tweet. Somebody said uh, that if you take away... Dungy, you basically have Greg Robinson with the win-loss record of this program under Dino Babers. Ouch. Mm. Because that's not entirely wrong or off base. There's a little something to that. You brought up Taj more than enough to win without Taj. Out of the mouth of Dino Babers. This is Soundcheck on Exit 31, QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. I don't talk about people who aren't here. We had more than enough in that locker room to win. We're disappointed that we came up three points short. We had more than enough in that locker room to win this game. More than enough. More than enough. Yeah? You, you, you yeah. kind of said the same thing to me earlier. We got somebody on the phone here that we're going to address in a second. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Dino. And you know what? I, I like not talking about it, not talking about the guys who aren't here. Because to me, if you want to quit on the team and leave in the middle of the season— like you're not gonna you're not gonna take up space in my mind. You're not gonna take up space, you know, with words coming out of my mouth. So just just stay away from it for now and move on with the people that do want to be there. The offense without Taj from Dino, and then we'll take this call. We scored 30 points versus Florida State at Florida State, and last time I checked, he wasn't there. Oof. Um, but didn't I say that to you? With Garrett Schrader as the quarterback, they scored 30 points, mm-hmm. and there's still there's still work to be done. Yeah. They can get better. You saw some improvement. Zero sacks tells me Garrett Schrader has escapability. 
uh, first of all. Threw for 150. He's responsible for four touchdowns. Yeah, I know. 0-4 Florida State. Still the best competition they've faced thus year, I think. Mm -hmm. That's a fair statement. Absolutely. Still put up 30 points. There's something to build on. I don't feel hopeless. Who's on the phone? What's your name? Uh, Scott from New Hartford. How you guys doing? Hey, Scott. What's going on, buddy? Well, my take on the Taj Harris thing is, do you remember last year how Taj was really irritable and at the conclusion of one of the games, I don't know which game it was, but he unfortunately flipped a few of the fans off. That, that happened, and yeah. He was, he was disciplined because of that. He wasn't happy last year. And this is carried on to this year. I'm not surprised by his move. So I, I'm not surprised at him. So you're saying to me that he's kind of, he swept it under the rug. It's been a pink elephant in the room for him. Maybe yeah, he's internalized he, he it. He hasn't been happy with he hasn't been happy at Syracuse, and I think not getting the ball a lot and other factors have kind of basically forced him into this his own decision to make mm-hmm. to make this proactive move. But you know, in in retrospect, you know, if I'm a if I'm a blue chipper and I'm I'm looking to basically uh, do better for myself, I want some good exposure. You know, I, I want to I want to get out there and, and say, here I am. And even if there are draft people there or not, you know, NFL prospects, anything like that. And I think he's just felt like he was out of the mix. I think that's kind of his take on things. And, and I think that that's fair. But and I understand that. But, Scott, let me ask you this. You put your feet in his shoes. You're him. You're four games into the season. Do you up and walk away and enter the transfer portal in the midst of a season? It's a good question because. You know, you are rolling the dice with a move like that, um, but you know you're not you're not helping your team if you're angry. You know, if you're angry, mm-hmm. you're, you're you know you're not getting the ball. It feels like you know things are working against you. You're not helping your team with an attitude, mm-hmm. and it it just seems like it seems like he has a short fuse. And I think you know. Probably did the right thing, not really acknowledging what had happened, you know, in the post-game presser at Florida State. Yeah, that's better to but, keep close to the vest for now. You don't want to, if you air dirty laundry from your players, that's yeah, going to affect absolutely. the entire locker room, and that's bad, absolutely bad for morale in general. Here's yeah. the other thing. Scott, real quick, I want to give you 30 seconds to answer this. Do you think he's promised Orange is the new fast when recruited by Dino? He gets here, it's turned Dino. into this. Listen, you won one game last year. You were terrible. He wants exposure, and you're a laughing stock of college football with the program. Then you get into this year, and we have to, based on personnel and the quarterback available in the situation, we'll go with a more running attack. You've got a mobile quarterback that can use his legs, and you've got Sean Tucker, who is in the Heisman conversation as it stands right now. And Taj is sitting there going, yeah, I'm not going to get to put up any of those numbers. I'm out of here. That's what happened, Scott? Um, well, I... I think our expectations of this team for this year was predicated upon a good recruiting class. We don't have that. Look at look at the schools around us that have done done better than us. Look at BC; they're stellar. Look at Rutgers; they they beat us. So those are geographical schools, just you know, just just in the same region as Syracuse. There and is always going to be the recruiting issue for sure. Yes, absolutely. That's where we stand. Dino needs to do a better job 
or else I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but, you know, he needs to be replaced. It's that simple. Well, well, we're closer to that than we are farther from that at this point, uh, pending, I guess, the end result of the number of wins and where we end up this year. If you get to six and you're bowl eligible, I think it saves its job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. We'll leave it at that. Scott, listen, we appreciate the call. It's Exit 31, QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. I want to continue with sound check, though. You want to address that real quick? Because I want to play some audio about Deuce. Yeah, I know. I you know he made up. He he brought up some some very good points. And and I, look, I understand where Taj Harris is coming from. I understand that he doesn't want to waste you know his eligibility, where he doesn't think he's going to be you know getting enough looks. He doesn't. He's not going to have his you know his workload's not going to be enough. Um, he's not going to get the exposure that he wants. But to do it in the middle of the season—that's the thing. That's that bothers what me. bothers me. It to does. do it in the middle of a season that should not be allowed to happen. Well. Let's talk about a positive aspect of this game, and that was the Deuce Chestnut interception. That was ridiculous. That that straight up, that type of play ends up with him in the NFL eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, just another great secondary player, defensive back, call it what you want for Syracuse. Uh, it, he, I feel like, and I'm watching the game, he saw them run that play, and they run that play, and they run that play, and they run that play, and he went, you know what, you're not running that play this time, and those just instincts. Not every player has that, what he has. There's something, that it factor, if you will, uh, just a freak athletic play and a, an amazing play. And to be able to hold on to the ball as well, it was it was awesome. Let's give you a couple of different takes from the post game and from the press conference earlier today in no particular order about the Deuce Chestnut interception. A shock. That's an interesting word for a guy my age. Was, I haven't seen it done before. I wouldn't say that I was shocked. I haven't seen it done before, and um, it was it was very very unique play, very very unique play. And the, the biggest thing was not him getting into the throwing lane. I've seen guys get into the throwing lanes on stuff like that for sure, but to be able to the catch that he made, getting in the throwing lane and made the catch that he made, That's it. and then uh, allowing his elbows to hit the ground because when you catch a ball like that, your hands and your elbows hit first, and normally the elbows will separate the hands and the ball won't you won't get the catch. But he was able to fight through all that, which is really, really a big time. It was an exceptional catch. Yeah, that's the it factor. That's the freak athleticism that not every guy can do. He just, every single aspect of that interception was remarkable. It was unreal, Spencer. Unreal. Let's take a break. Why don't we bring Stephen Bailey in from 24-7 Sports, get his breakdown on the Syracuse FSU game. I'll give you the other piece of audio from Dino. We'll play it for Steven. We'll get his reaction. We'll talk about the refs, the holding call. We'll talk about Garrett Schrader. We'll talk about Taj. All next. Exit 31, QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Hang tight. Exit 31. We're going with the boy, boy, though. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> if I didn't pronounce it right, tap in with me and, and let me know how to do it the right way, big dog. Straight up. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Instead of just a breakdown with Stephen Bailey, we're going beast mode, it appears. X31, QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio. And happy to discuss this game further. You know, I... I felt hopeless, Stephen, and I said it last year, and I don't feel hopeless anymore, even with that loss. You know what? They put up 30 points, and we're not going to blame the referees. I know everybody wants to. It was an egregious miss on that holding call. We know that. Uh, But 
Listen, there were the, some positives in there. No sacks. Uh, you saw what Garrett could do. I think he cemented himself as the starting quarterback. I can't see any reason to make a switch. Spencer disagrees with me slightly, but we really would like your expert opinion and analysis on that. Yeah, I mean, cemented might be a, a fair strong, but certainly validated uh, Dino Baber's decision. And that's not to say that, you know, I, I'm not sure Tommy DeVito really got a full shake this year, but you can see why Dino decided with the, the evidence and information that he had, we're going to try Garrett Schrader. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he made some one-on-one moves against Florida State that showed you, you know, just this running attack with him in there could be viable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the expectation is that he is the guy going forward, but you know, if, if they didn't move the ball at all for six straight drives, I mean, I I think Dino would would still go to Tommy, and, and you know maybe some of that matchup base, like Florida State's linebackers, definitely made some mistakes, um, and they, they were trying to take away Sean Tucker as well. Does Wake Forest, you know what I mean? Like, do you have that same level of success against Wake Forest and Clemson? I mean, if the answer is no, then you know, yeah, Tommy Tommy DeVito is certainly a viable option. Uh, but, I mean, I think Garrett's earned himself a pretty pretty long leash. I mean, that was drive five when he had the 55-yard touchdown. And the first hole didn't go well. So, you know, you've got to think that kind of at least sets expectations for what's to come. I, I think he needs more games continuously to keep developing. Uh, but you're leaning a little bit more Spencer. So, Spencer, you're next. Stephen Bailey on the phone. Well, first off, thank you for agreeing with me because <laughs> you chose the, the, the more intelligent option. <laughs> but yeah. I, I just your your overall thoughts and, and analysis, especially when it comes to to Syracuse on the offensive end this time. Obviously, you just you just talked about Schrader. He had a, a great day after the first few drives. Um, so just what were some of your impressions about Syracuse hanging with this Florida State team that really, I mean, we, we could all say this was not an 0-4 team that we, that we just faced? Uh, you know, I think... I mean, I think they respected Sean Tucker and some of the outside zone stuff that Syracuse had success with against Liberty and Ohio in particular, and that opened things up for Schrader, and, and, he, and he took advantage. Um, you know, I, I think Florida State's defense definitely made some mistakes uh, at the second and third level especially, um, but, you know, I, I, I thought Syracuse's offensive line had a pretty good game. I mean, you lose Darius Tisdale, which is potentially a big loss depending on, on how long he's out, but against a really good Florida State front four, uh, you know, they certainly did okay. I mean, there were some some bad plays, and I think if you pull up a lot of the third downs and the fourth downs, some one-on-one losses up front really, you know, hurt the, 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 those opportunities. Um, but, you know, I think by and large, you know, Syracuse often showed that this might be able to work, you know, in the ACC and, uh, I think I, I personally I need to see more. I don't really know how much stock to put into Florida State. Like, is this going to be a seven and five team that plays great in the ACC and just need a time to get going, or you know, are they going to bottom out and, and you know maybe this loss looks worse in retrospect than it, than it feels now? Stephen Bailey with twenty four seven Sports and our Monday recap, our breakdown here on X thirty one Q Sports Talk dot com and ESPN Radio. Deuce is in the transfer. Or excuse me. Taj Harris is in the nice. Somebody just heard that goes, oh, no, Deuce is yeah. too. No, 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 he's still here. Taj Harris, transfer portal. We've seen that with a couple of other players. Uh, then throw in some injuries, uh, put it all together. Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out next week? Uh, basically, I want the Owie report from you. Sure. So I'll say Taj Harris, 
says he will be in the transfer portal. As far as I understand, he's not officially in there. I, I just, you know, that's probably just processing and, and, you know, getting things filled out. But so I think it's still worth clarifying for now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Syracuse is going to be without Taj, obviously. And then there's two guys on offense who we don't know if they'll be without. Darius Tisdale, I think, would be a big loss, lower body injury at Florida State. Dino said no one's out for the year, but, you know, he left the field without putting any weight on one leg, which is generally a bad sign. Um, so if you don't have him, you're down to five kind of veteran offensive linemen. It means Carlos Vettorello is probably your every down right tackle. And he's had some he's had a tough go of it this year. Um, we could see true freshman Kalan Ellis mix in, Dino said. Uh, so that's, you know, never ideal for an offensive line to, to have, you know, a true freshman maybe part of a game plan. Um, Luke Benson, we don't know if he's going to be ready to come back uh, dealing with a knee injury. And then on defense, you got Jihad Carter at safety. He's been out for a few weeks. I think Eric Coley's done a pretty good job, um, you know, filling in for him so far. And punter James Williams, was. we don't know if he'll be back either. Dino, Dino didn't, really, didn't really say much <laughs> about anything today. Uh, it was just a whole bunch of different topics and a whole bunch of different uh, non-answers. So, you know, the injury report's certainly growing. And to me, it's that offensive line that, you know, you, you had a little bit of a buffer there with, with six guys who you probably just at least trusted to run all of your stuff. And now you only got five. So, you know, it only takes one more of them going down to kind of feel like you've probably got some liability up there, which, I mean, obviously this offense, that's the, that's the last thing they need. They're already limited in kind of what they do well. So, you know, starting to, you know, losing a guy like that on the offensive line, I think is, is being overshadowed this week, but, but could be really important. You know, uh, you, you read Twitter and it was like a three to one ratio of no calls as far as it pertains to FSU versus Syracuse. But that leads us, Spencer, to the holding call. I mean, it's a blatant holding call. It's a terrible call. Did it cost him the game? I, I, it's hard to say one play costs the game because, right. you know, you, 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 Syracuse didn't put themselves in a in a position where they were so far ahead where that couldn't have affected it. But at the same time, when you're in a close game like that, the refs, they, they, I mean, you have to be better. I mean, that was a major play. And, I mean, you can see it right here. Literally, I mean, they, they, Syracuse likely would have had a sack on here. You can't assume, but it, it just looks like they were breathing down his neck. So, uh, Steven, we just wanted to get your take on it. Just how much of an impact do you think this play had? Um, you know, you obviously don't want to blame the refs for a loss, but it's a pretty pretty egregious missed call. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's almost certainly a missed call. It looks like old to me, um, and it's unfortunate for Syracuse when it happened. Uh, I mean, who's to say what would have happened after that? Obviously, I almost like Florida State had been driving the ball well. George Travis had been giving Syracuse problems with his legs. He did. But you don't know that they don't get a stop. You don't know that, you know, maybe they get a longer field goal and they miss or, you know, any anything can happen. So I wouldn't say Syracuse lost the game because of the call, but it certainly took away their reasonable chance from that point on to win, barring a, barring a, a missed 35-yard field goal. So, yeah, definitely unfortunate. Um, I know Dino Baber said that the program sent that play into the ACC officiating office for review, uh, as well as the unnecessary roughness and Marlowe Wax earlier in the yep. game for his good on Jordan Travis. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if they'll say what they get back or anything. At this point, it just kind of is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, especially when you, know, you think back to the laws, 
is what we were talking about officiating at least a little bit and the um you know, the launching call on the cow and the ensuing uh unsportsmanlike conduct calling Dino Babers on us. You know, <laughs> you certainly don't like to be to be worrying, you know, thinking about calls late in games at the end of two losses. That's you know, that's where Syracuse finds itself. Stephen Bailey, twenty four seven sports here on Exit thirty one on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Did you see Matt Park's tweet post game about Garrett Schrader? Uh, it was a three parter, a quick little thread where he basically talked about that being part of the role, how he made himself available and he was accountable even after a loss, which is not easy to do. Yes, he had decent stats ultimately, but as a leader on this team, it's something that you want to see out of your quarterback. What did you make of that? Because he then went on and he compared him to Zaire Franklin, obviously a three-time captain, and he called him the all-time post-game interviewee. That, that's, a, that's a hell of a compliment. I mean, you want these guys to at least be accountable, right? Sure. Zaire definitely had to talk after a lot of rough games. And I mean, going down, I remember the third year he was there for like ACC media day. You could just tell him, why am I doing this to myself? Like the ultimate sacrifice to be asked. Tons and tons of questions about like the bat, a team that's not very good. I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, I think there's some leadership in that. I mean, I'll say this, Tommy DeVito has never declined an interview opportunity. So and this isn't to say that Garrett's doing something that, that Tommy wouldn't have. Um, I think he would have, quite frankly. But, yeah, I mean, I think, the you know, if you watch his press conference and the way he handles it, um, you know, it's I think it is a little bit refreshing to, and maybe just because he comes on after, you know, see someone answer questions openly and talk about the offensive issues and, and you know, be critical of their own performance and, um, you know, just, just be kind of be human about it. And, I mean, look, the guy hasn't played football in two years, so maybe maybe he'll get beaten down a little bit over time in that sense, and, and he won't be as interested in answering questions as, as he kind of is now. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think his, I think his demeanor was – um, impressive and was was fair and uh, you know I I can't tell you exactly what's going on in that locker room right now because it's been a really turbulent couple of weeks but I, I think Garrett Schrader has done what he reasonably can to to gain the respect of his teammates through his play and and uh, yeah I mean and, and through his I guess public um, you know public impressions. Well, tell you what, Stephen, we look forward to the preview this Friday with you. We'll do it all again at 2.30. We get a breakdown with Stephen Bailey. Mondays and Fridays on Exit 31. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Segment called You're Killing Me Smalls is next. And believe it or not, it's Spencer's leg. And then there's more to it. We'll tell you next. You're killing me, Smalls. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You're killing me, Smalls. I don't really want to hear any more about the Dino Babers word salad where he said pretty much nothing. Um, so what happened to your leg? <laughs> Uh, well, I I, uh, I played my my first hockey game of the season in my adult league uh, this weekend, and and not only was I extremely out of shape and out of breath, and uh, we had nine guys show up, so I was on the ice most of the game, and I was just just absolutely tired or uh, dead tired. But there was one shift where uh, I I blocked two shots probably in like a twenty second span. One of them I got right on the inside of the knee, like right where by you bend the knee. 
and one right on the top of the knee, just above the kneecap. You're playing hurt today. Yeah, and uh, and both of them got right where there was no padding. So uh, I, I I'm, I'm in some pain today. It hurt. It hurts to bend the leg. I'm walking with a limp. I, I mean, I, I kind of look cool, you know, with the limp, like a you know, like a pirate with a peg leg. Spoken like a hockey player, man. You got to play yeah. hurt. You do. I, I went home and I, I iced it for a bit, and boy. It, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting trying to walk with it. That's for sure. Got to feel a little bit better though. The Jets won. Giants even won. Hey, the Bills yeah. embarrassed the Texans. So there's that. But uh, specifically, football related. Blue guy. The Patriots lost last night, unfortunately, with a doink heard around the world. But they booed him a little bit once the game actually started. I felt like he got a decent reception until the game started, and then you could hear the boos. And suddenly, the Patriots fans went. Well, you're not on our team anymore. Yeah, but it's still ridiculous. Is it? Why? It's, what do you mean, why? Tell me why. Because Tom Brady is the New England Patriot. He's, But he's not. This is his second year with Tampa. But it doesn't matter. But it, it does matter. No, th- his two years with Tampa doesn't take away everything he did with the Patriots. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but but he even said it after the game. Once he retires, he's going to be part of the community and he'll right. be around. But... Exactly. So why boo him? Because he's, he's technically still an active player for a team that's coming in there trying to beat you. So? And he, and they did. So, you're how many t- how many times in sports have you seen all the 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 signs of you know welcome back and thank you for the memories? Just because you're on another team doesn't mean that you, you should boo them. This is the most unreasonable thing you've ever said on X Thirty One. What are you talking? What are you talking about? You really think that just because, like, what if Jeter played one year somewhere else? Do you think Yankee fans would boo Derek Jeter? This what, not at first. Like I just you said, think you they would boo Derek Jeter. They didn't boo him until the game started, no. and that's understandable. Once no. the game starts, all bets are off. You're trying to win a football game. They all acknowledge it. It doesn't matter. You don't boo him. You don't want Derek Jeter to be successful if he's on another team during the actual game, leading right up until the first Correct. pitch. I'm perfectly fine with that. Correct, but when he steps up for his first at bat, you don't boo him. Mm. Like for warm-ups, you give him you don't you don't give him a cheer and then boo him when he comes up to the bat. You you want him to get hit a home run? You want him to get struck? No, I'm strike not. Him out. I'm saying you could be indifferent when the game starts because he's not your quarterback. But this is Tom freaking Brady we're talking about. The Ooh. only he's 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 one of the only reasons your franchise is even relevant in the NFL. That is a more passionate defense of Tom Brady than the Jets. Well, it's because it's, it's because I, I just I don't understand. Like I don't care if he's playing for another team. This guy still gave everything to your organization. Six Super Bowls. I couldn't stand him till he went to Tampa. Yeah, neither could I. But I just still don't understand how any Patriots fan could be if if they are in their right mind could ever boo Tom Brady. When the game's on, though, it doesn't matter during the actual. It game. doesn't matter. I would never boo one of my, one of. Like it, like it had Henrik Lundqvist played for the Capitals this year and wasn't you know didn't have his his heart issue where he couldn't play. You you think Ranger fans would boo him once the game started? Yeah, once the game. You started? You think Rangers fans would have booed Henrik Lundqvist? Mm. You think there's any chance? I would have booed Henrik Lundqvist if you the see- game was started. And I love Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, but once- why then? Why boo him? Because my favorite team is playing against him, and at that point, it's about the team. Yeah, correct. But what I'm saying is, you can be indifferent and cheer for the Rangers during the game. You don't have to focus on Henrik Lundqvist and boo him. Like the like Pats fans when when Brady first came out for his first drive, Pats fans could have had a 
erupted in a let's go Pats chant. If they didn't I, have to boo Tom Brady. So if how about this? If they cheered for him to throw, say, four interceptions, that would have been okay? If they cheered after he threw the interception, <laughs> as if you would you would cheer when anybody throws an interception. But I'm just saying, the fact that they specifically booed Tom Brady at any point throughout that game is absolutely asinine. Are you just are you just kind of like cranked up because of your leg today? No, I just I just can't, I just can't stand the word like what have you done for me lately type of thing. I mean, Tom Brady is is forever going to be known as the Patriot. So is this for Patriots fans today that you're you're doing this? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. You guys made fools of yourselves. Okay, I got you. You're killing me, Smalls. That was just he just solely wanted to rant about Patriots fans. I think more than anything else, he just wanted to hate on the it's Patriots. It's embarrassing, man. Typical Jets fan. It's embarrassing. At least you got to win. It doesn't matter what team it is. It doesn't matter what team it is. I, you just th- th- to the person who's given everything to your organization, pa- Patriots fans. You would have nothing if it wasn't for this guy. Who on the Jets could come back and get that kind of a reception? I'm trying to think. Joe Namath. Uh, I mean, yeah, Joe Namath. Anybody else? Uh, well, when Chad Pennington came back with the with the Dolphins, that was a nice. There's a false equivalency if I ever heard one. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. That would be you would have to be like a Derek. Do you think? Do you think Lakers fans would have ever booed Kobe Bryant if he came back wearing another uniform? Well, that's Kobe Bryant. I always love Kobe. Bryant. But it doesn't matter. Kobe, Tom Brady was the Kobe Bryant of of the Patriots. <laughs> he was everything to that city. I'm just going to disagree with everything you say because this has been a lot of fun, man. You are in your feelings today. You feel some kind of way about well, this. I knew this was going to happen. I knew Patriots fans were going to embarrass themselves, and they did. Well, you got to let it out. You don't boo Tom Brady if you're a Patriots fan. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you're scrappy right now, and I don't mean scrappy-doo from Scooby-Doo. Well, let me at him. We're ready to go with a kerfuffle next if you are. Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, so I have a feeling you're not done. Hang on. Who's got Twitter beef, bulletin board material? We've got another Donnybrook, an athletic brouhaha. Let's go toe-to-toe. It's the Exit 31 kerfuffle. Ah, a classic conundrum. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain and WKT Sport Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. I wish I could dance. Speed always makes me want to dance. Hour number two of Exit 31. Well, is it official now? ESPN uh, notification just popped. Taj Harris entering the transfer portal. So you would have to think that the I's have been dotted and the T's have been crossed. James Brown, not the famous singer, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Exit 31 ESPN on Twitter and Facebook, by the way. Uh, But he thinks we're hitting the nail on the head. I just want to read you his response and it validates us. So (laughs) I I thought, hey, why not? But he, he says he feels like that there's been some chemistry issues since 2018. Dino's been loyal, but he says he thinks that... He's finally decided some of the headaches aren't worth it. And, of course, we wish Taj Harris the best. You know, I'm not saying that I don't. I just I just feel me, me, me is, is part of this. And, you know, maybe there's some other issues. It's like I did say, I will say this. We don't we don't have a we're not the fly on the wall in, in the private conversations. And I'm sure there's more to it, clearly. And what we know publicly from the outside looking in, it looks one way, but we don't know all of the details. And I'll be the first to back off once I acquire more information and knowledge and if we learn a little bit more to be fair to the issue Spencer Um, but maybe there is a kerfuffle in the locker room that we're we're not aware of or maybe there has been something festering or brewing or the pink elephant there's been a pink elephant in the room that's been swept under the rug and maybe there's some chemistry issues or 
maybe not seeing eye to eye. And then, of course, with the ability to enter the transfer portal, that is a game changer. That changes things. Dino said it himself. Listen, they have more control than they've ever had before. So they're going to explore their options. It wasn't a freedom that college athletes had up until very recently. And now it's on the table. I don't know. Is there a battle ensuing that we don't know about? I, I don't know about a battle. I, I just think that, you know, the, the, he's he's entitled to make his own decision. The thing that bothers me is doing it in the middle of the season. And, yes, the players yeah, have so doesn't. much power now. Um, you know, they, they have the capabilities to enter the transfer portal and, and do those things. And good. That's fine. Uh, makes them a little bit more like free agents, which which I don't you know fully agree with. But at the same time, look, if you're a college student and the college situation is not working for you, you're allowed to transfer. That's no different if you're you know an athlete or you're just going there you know purely for academics. So I understand that. The thing that bothers me is in the middle of the season, in the middle of the season. And I know, I know, it's the whole well, if he doesn't play the four games, he still has you know he retains the eligibility and stuff. But still, I just don't think it presents you in a positive light. You know, for potential NFL scouts, for example, if it appears that you're someone who's going to quit on your team. And, and, and that, to me, is I wasn't getting what I wanted, so I'm done. That's not how team sports work. It's not. I mean, how many times have you seen, you know, like superstar players or highly skilled players in sports take a lesser role as they get older because they, that's what's best for the team? You got to put your egos aside for a little bit. And I and look, I know I know it's a little different because he's in college and he's trying to get looked at for NFL scouts and be able to potentially make, you know, money someday playing this sport. But to me, it just seems like it, it just seems like a cop out. NCAA rule, it's four games and you lose your eligibility for that season. Taj played in 3, so he can transfer and have 2 years of eligibility remaining. So, he transfers. Maybe it goes to an ACC team or somebody that ends up as an opponent of Syracuse in the future. Do you boo him too? <laughs> I mean, I'm just messing with I mean, you, man. I mean, that I could understand a little bit more. Now, granted, look, it, again, you cannot fault the kid for making his own decision when it comes to being able to go to school somewhere. Can you milk me too? Uh, sorry, I just gave you that. Well, you, I, I'd, I'd boo you seven days. You'd boo me? Seven days a week, I'd boo you. You'd, so you'd boo Taj? I, no, I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't personally. I don't. I don't. I don't get caught up in that stuff. I wouldn't waste my effort on booing him. He made a choice. He made a decision. I don't have to, as a fan of the team, love the decision. But I, I mean, I don't hate the human being because of a decision he made like that. But I wouldn't boo him. But I'm saying it would be a little bit more understandable. I I would expect it a little more for fans being angry. But but look, Tom Brady did everything he could for the Patriots organization, and he decided he wanted to go play a couple years elsewhere. To finish out his career, like I mean, like I just—it's not a—it's not a, the same comparison. Well, it's all love for Taj Harris. I hope uh, he achieves success wherever he goes. And hey, maybe he ends up on the New York Football Giants. I'll cheer for the guy. Yeah, that's the case. Yeah, but then after after you know three games, he'll decide. Eh, let me uh, let me enter free agency and see what I can do there. Well, that's a little different. You're getting paid some money and you got a <laughs> contract. It's X31 ESPN Radio Q Sports Talk dot com. Uh, so this is the doink herd around the world. From 56. On its way. It is off the goalpost. No good. You can hear that. Let me, let me just play the doink again because that means glue guy has to hear this. On its way. It is off the goalpost. No good. You can hear the doink. <laughs> Some doinks are better than others, but not this one. Unbelievable. You know what the best doink is? Oh, here he comes on a 
Rush Unicycle. Evil Clown <laughs> Doink. And what a matchup this is going to be. We saw not one, not two, but three Doinks. How many Doinks will we see tonight? What sort of chicanery is that evil clown up to? Who knows? I have no idea. But he never lets you down. He always makes you laugh. He always makes you happy. Laugh this happy. is my... Yeah, I have a good time. It was only the one doink at the end that cost the Patriots the game. That was actually the sound of Matt's remote hitting the television. There was an awkward, quick embrace at the end of the game, but then there was a a post-game uh, conversation. Had Bill Belichick went into Tampa's locker room, stayed there for 20 minutes, and they talked afterwards. And, and I think they wanted to bury the hatchet. Because um, I think a lot of what we heard publicly and a lot of what us as, I don't know, sports broadcasters and members of the media sports talk show hosts, everybody did it. We overhyped this. We loved the drama. It was great to build up the game. We saw the promo with Adele and all this, that, and the other thing, and sort of plays into the whole booing thing. But at the end of the day, th- there's some love there. And and I yeah. think I think that Bill probably wanted to clarify his feelings toward Tom, regardless of what knuckleheads like us or others might have said and vice versa. Tom clearly... I don't think he has anything negative. Like, it's all love for yes. Tom when it yes. comes to New England. Blue guy, Mike, ha, what do you think? That's your team, that whole situation, the embrace, the conversation afterwards. Or did you kind of know this was the case all along? You know, it's funny you you ask all of that, especially last night. We saw the the quick embrace between the two, and we're like, that's it? And then all of a sudden you hear all the beat report- reporters talk about a 25-minute almost half hour conversation between the two. I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that. What was your initial reaction to the quick embrace uh, in on the field? Did you think typical that, bill? Did, did you think that would even happen? Because there's times he just walks off the field. Uh, both guys do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like t- Tom Brady's done that before where he just walks off the field. Yeah, that's scummy. And Bilicek has done that before. So you knew publicly it wasn't going to be a big deal Correct. on the field. But the fact that they actually did meet up on the field after that game with all of the crap surrounding it, was that telling? Very telling. Very telling. I also thought it was kind of funny, too, at the beginning of the game when Brady ran out, he gave McDaniels a hug, gave Robert Kraft a hug, but didn't give Bill one. Do you think everything was kumbaya afterwards with that conversation? Yes. You think they're good? I, I think they're able to go their separate ways now, and everything's fine. And in the future, they're both going to be spending some time and celebrated after Tom is retired, after Bill is retired, on that field, in that stadium, in front of that fan base. That's going to happen. There's going to be some great ceremonies over the years. Yeah, they're going to they're, they're have a, a touring show together called the uh, the Bel- Belichick and Brady show and they're just going to it's basically going to be like a two man show I wanted to fight yeah I wanted to fight but look this is I mean I wanted Bill, to fight Bill, Bill oh, Bel- maybe there was but I we don't know. fight Bill Belichick like, loves to pretend that he's this emotionless robot of a human being publicly he's got a wedding he's, ring on though he's a big he's a big softy behind the scenes I'm telling you he's got a cool dog he does have a cool dog Nike. If he didn't have a dog, I'd be more concerned. Like, if you don't love dogs, there's clearly something wrong with your personality. Yeah, that's, yeah. But he's got a dog. You saw more of his dog in that one, the virtual draft a couple of years ago than you actually saw of him. That dog was sitting there at the camera in his house for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And it was amazing. It's, I'm like, it was a lot better than seeing him. He can't be that. Yeah, that's true. He can't be that bad of a guy, Kenny. Is that really who he is? A lot of former players hate him with a passion. Really? really? Because. He treats them like everyone else. You know what I mean? Like 
He expects greatness, uh, yeah. and that rubs some people the wrong way. You know what? He should bring his dog with him everywhere. Yeah. What does he say to the dog? Why can't you be? Why can't you be as good as all the other dogs? Does he? Yeah. yeah. Does he ask him? Yeah. Can't you, why can't you clean up your own mess when I have to take you for a walk? Uh, I mean, why don't Why don't you bring the bone back? Are you a good boy? Fetch? I don't think you're a good boy. Yeah. You're not a good boy. You're just like all the other dogs. <laughs> like, not one I boy is better than the other and, boy. And like you know, you know, like so, like people like they change their their tenor. They change. You know, that like, dog walks be... faster than you. That that dog goes right on, does his business. It's cold up here in the, in the Boston area. <laughs> and I got to take you out in the middle of the night after yeah. been in practice for 14 hours. Yeah, I, I I just feel like he doesn't he doesn't change at all when he talks to dogs. Like you know, somebody would be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then they see the dog. Hey, buddy, how are you? He pro- he's like, "Hey, dog, how's hey, it going?" Hey, dog, how you, Did you have any good kibbles today? Chris Stacy will take a quick break from uh, Syracuse and FSU with some NFL. Let's talk Yankees. There's a big wild card game today, and it's against Boston. Go figure. Next on Exit 31, ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. We're joined now by Chris Stacy of NYY Sports Talk, and we have... Some postseason baseball to talk about. Chris, welcome to the airwaves. Welcome back to the airwaves, I should say. Now, the last time that we we spoke with you, we were still very unsure what was going to happen with this team. So now that they are playing, but they're playing in Boston, what's your mood like? Do you have that that sigh of relief, or is it like, ugh, we we gave up home field? I think we're still unsure about what this team is going to give us. Um but there's almost like a comfort to it at this point, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Where I just I kind of wouldn't have it any other way. I'm I wanted home field, obviously. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's just something there's something about these last few years that redemption is in order for the New York Yankees. And and what better way to start the redemption tour? Than by knocking out the Boston Red Sox at home in front of their in front of their own fans at Fenway Park. Chris Stacy, NYY Sports Talk here on X thirty one ESPN Radio. A few quick notes from today's Yankees game. Whose Twitter account is this from? Hmm, perhaps yours. First, Geo, you showed what the pinstripes mean to you today. This one was for you. Respond. Yeah, I mean, it, did it did it remind you of anyone else? Yeah. Um, during big games that just kind of didn't care where he was or, or what his surroundings were. He only had one thing in mind and that was making the play. And, and what Gio Rochella did, not many guys can do. And that's not, that's not knocking anyone else because it's a natural instinct to want to protect your body. And with that, regardless of how important winning is to you and, and to have that, to be able to turn that on where you just kind of don't care about anything, but making that play that, that doesn't come to everyone. And uh, what he did, I remember the second that that happened, first of all, I couldn't breathe. Because if you really saw it in, in full motion, it looked a lot worse than it, than it was. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I just said, this team needs to go out there right now and start putting up some runs. Because when you get something like that out of a player, you can't lose that game. Jameson Tyone, great job. I was a little nervous about him getting that start, obviously, with the stakes that were online in this game. Yeah, big game James. I mean, you can't you can't knock him after that. He came in and did a little more than he was really uh, being counted on for. I think the Yankees were hoping to get at least three out of him. I thought honestly thought he was pulled a little little sooner than he had to be. I understand that when, when Aaron Boone has a certain game plan in mind that 
he really doesn't like to veer too too far from it, and I understand that. But to me, it's like at the same time, anyone in any given day can be a crapshoot. And you saw Wandy Peralta come in, and he really didn't have his best stuff, his best command, and you were almost thinking to yourself, I'd rather have the Jamison Tyone over, that I saw over the last three innings than, than Wandy Peralta coming in, regardless of if lefties were coming up. And the bullpen, let's expand on that, Spencer. Pretty good. They locked it down the rest of the game. Uh, gave up no runs, obviously. Pitched a shutout, and they were able to win it with Aaron Judge coming up clutch. Did exactly what, what? they had. Did They did exactly what they had to do in a big moment game. I mean, you can't, can't be much better than giving up no runs. I mean, uh, they, they kept, you know, a potent raise offense off the board, gave themselves a chance to win. And, and of course, who else but, but, uh, but, but Judge, you know, getting them into the postseason. But, Chris, uh, just your impressions of the bullpen. Yeah, what you've seen over the last week or two is that regardless of what Yankee team you're getting, whether it's going to be the team that, that shows up and gives you a couple runs um, or actually explodes and gives you seven or eight runs, um, one thing is for sure, and that's when this bullpen is you know, pitching up to par and, and really contributing the way we expect them to, they are a completely different ball club. And and what you saw, what you saw yesterday, was a team that was constructed to win in the postseason, given their bullpen. Because if you have the ability to pull your starting pitcher after just a few innings and have that kind of dominance come in to follow it, um, it's going to be really difficult to let a game get out of hand. And and again, when this offense shows up, they can put up as many runs as anyone else. So. What the Yankees showed to me yesterday was that when they have confidence in this bullpen, it, they're just a very, very tough team to beat. I don't care if it's one nothing or 10-5. to five. Um, They're definitely constructed to win this thing. So let me ask you this. Glaber Torres, it's a good thing he went back to second base, I think. And, and yes, his offensive numbers started to trend upward prior to the official shift over, but it's made a huge difference. I think he's out of his own head now. I've always said that Glaber Torres, and this goes for a couple other younger players, um, but I've always said that Glaber Torres has never been, it's never been an issue of talent. And, and it's almost more frustrating in that regard. When you see such a young player and, and has, has the whole world ahead of him, and it's not the talent that's holding him back, it's, it's himself. And you've seen that time and time again with Glaber Torres, and I think moving him to shortstop was just another another, you know, barrier in the way of him truly becoming himself. I bring up, you know, that it's multiple players because I think that's a huge issue with Sanchez too. You know, when when the fans and and the critics got on Sanchez for not being great defensively, well, all this guy did was work defensively. And, yeah, he became a little bit better behind the plate, but his his offense really took a, a, a hit from it. So, you know, it's easy for these guys to get in their own way. And I think that if there's one thing we can criticize New York for, it's that, they haven't been the greatest of working through player struggles mentally when it comes to when it comes to those things. And and it's good to see Glaber go back to second, free up a little bit. He still has a lot of work that needs to be done, but you're you're seeing more of what he's capable of as opposed to what's going to hold him back and not allow him to be the player that he should be. Chris Stacy of NYY Sports Talk joining us on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You're listening to Exit Thirty One. Uh, Chris, before I, I, I get to my next uh, my next question, I actually have a, uh, another one for you. So you mentioned earlier with, with the Gio Urshela catch that it, did it remind you of someone? And that someone that it reminded you of 
if he came back and played in a different uniform at one time, is there any way that you or and do you think other Yankee fans would boo Derek Jeter ever, ever? If he even if he came back playing his final couple of years with another team, if you booed Derek Jeter, you're not a Yankee fan, and, and that's what it comes down to. And but what if the game young... started? No. Okay. Here, here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I'll tell you. The game starts, and he actually does something that that negates a, a lead or something like that, and it's a big game. You, it, it's fair game at that point. You boo whoever you got to boo. But that's but that. But it, Sorry. Go on. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just compa- – look, I compare it to, like, let's just talk recent years of Didi Gregorius, right? We all love Didi. We all respect him. We mm-hmm. all gave him his, his uh, you know, standing ovation when he came back. But the second he hits a home run to, to give his own team the lead at that point, mm-hmm. I mean, he, you're not a fan of him anymore. He's not part of your team. He's not helping your team win. So I think it's fair game at that point. Right. But my, my point wasn't – that wasn't – my point, Rain. So don't Rain, Rain is doing a dance here, like you proved him right, and and that wasn't my point at all. My point wasn't if something in the game happens and you boo the Bucks getting a touchdown that Tom Brady just so happened to throw. That's fine, but like Derek Jeter walking up to the plate is the equivalent of Tom Brady walking onto the field for a drive. That's what I was saying and, the whole time. No, get, get oh my god, get out of here. Anyway, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back on topic because because Rain Rain's shiny shiny head. Is just is searing into my brain right now. The light it's it's hurting my retinas. So we're gonna we're gonna get back on topic and and I mean who else but Aaron Judge really to get it done in game one sixty two to be the one that officially puts them into the postseason. I mean how great has he been and do you expect that to translate into the postseason where we see Aaron Judge take over in the postseason because that's not something he has really done you know, to this point in his career, you know, to- totally. Yeah, there's one thing that we always say about Aaron Judge, and, and it's something that you can go back and really dive into and, and pick apart and, and prove me right um, in saying this, but he, he hasn't always been the most clutch player, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of fans like to criticize him for that. I'm not saying he's not clutch. He definitely has come through in the clutch uh, numerous times, but that, uh, that hasn't been – what fans seem to brag about when it comes to talking about Aaron Judge. However, what fans seem to look past is the fact that he sets the tone time and time again. And I tweeted this out the other day as well when they played the most important game of their season at the time. It was that third game against the Toronto Blue Jays. Who set the tone in that game? I mean, who's constantly setting the tone in big games? When you look back at these wild card games that the Yankees have played since he's been up here in, you know, in 2016, 17 and on you know who's the guy who leads off the game in the first inning with either a home run or a big double off the wall or or is the first one to you know grab the first rbi in the game it might not be in the ninth inning or eighth inning when when it's a tie game or or you know the, the game's close but i'll tell you what time and time again aaron judge seems to be the guy to set the tone and say look this is how this is how we're coming out we're coming out hot we're going to beat you, and, and this is how we're going to do it. And if you really look back, Aaron Judge has been that guy, and it was great to see him kind of cap it off yesterday and send this team into the postseason where they belong. Well, it's going to be a wicked wild card. Wicked nah. awesome wild card in Boston uh, did, tomorrow. Did you just – wicked wild card out in Fenway Park. Yeah. Ivaldi and Cole. I mean, you look at the pitching matchup and what the Yankees did to Ivaldi the last time they faced him, and then you got your ace – American League wins leader on the mound. You have to feel good for your chances. And then you just go on to either team that wins. 
whichever team, they, they play Tampa next. So good luck with that. That's going to be a challenge for anybody. Chris, we'll talk to you hopefully next week, pending how this season goes. Um, you know what? We will anyways. Yeah, we will anyways. Yeah, yep. We've got to at least talk to you yep. one more time in this baseball season. Hopefully it's for the next month or so. Chris Stacy with NYY Sports Talk. It's Exit 31 on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. We're going to bring in Kate Calloway with Spectrum Sports next. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. By the way, whenever we talk Yankees on ESPN Radio and Exit 31 and QSportsTalk.com, it's brought to you by William Matar, hurting a car. Call William Matar, 444-4444. Oh, the shameless plug, wanted to take care of that. We'll probably revisit that subject in just a couple of minutes. But let's welcome in now on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line, Kate Calloway with Spectrum Sports. Qs FSU, uh, we've talked about this uh, nonstop since 2 o'clock. Uh, we all saw what happened. We know there's the deuce interception. We've got zero sacks. We've got... A little bit of a passing game, but primarily those legs of Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader and and a tough-to-swallow loss based on that misholding call at the end, but you can't blame the referees. That's all out there. That's all part of the public narrative. Uh, What are your observations from the game, Kate? Well, you kind of summed it up there just with the the special teams plays, um, and the defense looked really good. I thought that uh, Cooper Lutz fumble uh, late in the game was really clutch, and then the... Deuce Chestnut interception. I mean, I have no idea how he even got his hands on that ball and kept the ball. Um, so obviously, you know, you have a lot of excitement, especially going into the fourth quarter. And I really thought that they were going to pull it out. With that being said, Florida State, they didn't look like an 0-4 team to me. And we were saying that all week. I knew it was going to be a battle. It was going to be a tough game, especially at Florida State. I covered a Syracuse game there a couple of years ago. And that stadium, even though they're 0-4, it is loud. It's raucous. People are excited. Uh, the fans really come out to support that team. So it was going to be a battle. And I think the fact that they didn't have Tosh Harris obviously hurts a little bit as well. You're missing your top wide out. And then we learned the next day that he's transferring out. So just a lot of storylines going into that game anyway. And the fact that they even made it that close and only lost 33-30 on a walk-off field goal, which, as you said, if it wasn't for that holding call at the end, which, you know, that's really tough pill to swallow, too, and you kind of watch that back over and over again on loop. You kind of question it. But, I mean, it comes down to other things as well. And, unfortunately, they couldn't capitalize when they were the end zone, have to go with the Andre Schmidt field goal instead rather than, you know, putting Florida State in a situation where they have to drive and, and score so, but I mean, overall, I was happy with the effort and Dino Baber seemed happy with the effort too. I mean, you listen back to what he said after he said he was a, a quote, proud grandpa of this, these guys. <laughs> so he's happy with, uh, you know, how they came out and, you know, with the, the folks that they had down there, they were, you know, they, they really put a good effort. And unfortunately they just came up a little bit short, which is a bummer, especially, you know, with Wake Forest coming in, who's ranked 19th in the country now. So. Yeah, he liked the maximum effort, and he did at one point. He referenced Hamburger Hill, if you remember that. You remember that? He did. He likes yep. his he likes his movie quotes. That's for sure. So, uh, real quick, I, I don't make you expand or expound a lot on this, but I've I've definitive, definitively said that I think Garrett Schrader has cemented himself, barring injury or a game where they're just getting blown out, and and you've got to bring the closer in or a relief pitcher. I, I think it's Garrett Schrader's team now with with the way that they're going to run this offense the rest of the season, not just for this rebuilding year that's upon the program, but also these two years of remaining eligibility that Garrett has 
for the program. The only way he's going to get better is to keep improving that passing game incrementally, but you know the legs are there, and then Sean Tucker's behind him. Oh, absolutely, and I do think that Garrett Schrader really kind of set himself apart, especially with that Florida State game, because I tweeted out in the first quarter that this offense seemed very stagnant, and then he you know, bust off that run for 55 yards and the touchdown. And then I literally ate my words within seconds because I swear that was within minutes after I tweeted that. But it just seems like he can do things that, unfortunately, we really haven't seen Tommy do, especially this season. And I keep going back to Taj Harris leaving, and I just feel like it becomes even more clear that Schrader is the guy because they're going with this running attack as well. And, and Sean Tucker is going to get a lot more touches. And I don't think Taj, I think, I feel like Taj kind of knew what the writing was on the wall and that he could find an, an opportunity to get, um, you know, more, more playing time um, elsewhere. So, yeah, I mean, I think Garrett definitely has cemented himself and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do, especially now that it's clear we know he's the guy. And with Wake Forest coming in this weekend, I'm really interested to see how he comes out and performs with, with this being his team. We're speaking with Kate Calloway of Spectrum Sports here on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. And Kate, um, you know, we we know from, you know, very recently when you see a bunch of players leaving a program that, that where there's smoke, there's fire, and maybe there's something wrong with the program. You've seen a bunch of Syracuse football players leave even just in the middle of this season now. I mean, do you think this is more uh, of, you know, these guys are just me type of players and, and, and they're doing, you know, what – they, they want for themselves because they don't feel like they're getting what they want with the team? Or do you think there might be some underlying issues here where, you know, maybe there's some chemistry issues or this team just isn't totally together? It, it's kind of hard with this one to, to, to decipher what, what might be the problem. That's such a great question, and that's kind of what I've been trying to figure out the last couple of days, especially, I mean, we've been following the Taj Harris stuff starting on Thursday when he tweeted out, I know my worth, and then mm-hmm. he doesn't go with the team to Florida. And then, you know, we're all wondering, okay, what's really going on? And then, bam, he's transferring out. But just with how the, the NCAA rules are and the fact that if he did it right now in the middle of the season, then he still has two years of eligibility left which was with, with whichever team he chooses to go to as opposed to if he waits a little bit longer I believe that he wouldn't have as long of eligibility so I think that's why we're seeing it right now um but yeah I mean I I, I kind of mentioned that earlier just with with Schrader and kind of running the ball more I think that there may have just been an issue where he wasn't going to get the type of you know playing time or, you know, the, the amounts of targets that he wants, because I mean, Schrader had what three rushing touchdowns and maybe he knew that that was kind of where things were going. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough to see. And, and I especially hate it because I mean, they they were three and one at that point when he was going to leave. So I just can't help but wonder what else is really going on and why we've lost a couple of guys like this uh, this time in the season, but it is the eligibility thing too. I mean, he, he definitely sees an opportunity where he can go elsewhere and probably, get a lot more, um, you know, opportunities maybe. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we'll keep finding out more kind of as the weeks progress and how the team kind of moves moves forward from it. Yeah, he wants to put up some number, go to a program, he can put up some numbers to draw NFL scouts' attention. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. part of it. As we talked to Kate Calloway with Spectrum Sports here on ESPN Radio and Exit 31, thank you, sportstalk.com. Well, let's flip to the NFL uh, we're going to visit the Bills, the Giants, and the Jets because, hey, they all won. But last <laughs> night's game, I, I mean, the hype leading into Bill and Tom, and it was about a coach and a quarterback and not two teams that were playing a football game. 
Uh, so we're looking at you. It's time for Kate Calloway to spit fire with her hot take on last night. Well, I was listening to Spencer earlier on this, and I just can't help but agree. And I guess it's not necessarily a hot take as much as <laughs> I cannot believe no, that, that they were booing Tom Brady when he came on the field. And I agree with Spencer with what he was saying that, okay, if Tom Brady has a great touchdown pass, now that, you know, they, they're losing the game, you get, you get frustrated. That's just a fan thing. But it's equivalent to Jeter <laughs> coming out, you know, batting for another team and everyone booing him. And I have a, a good friend who is a reporter out there and she was on the field and she was setting me videos and Tom Brady comes out, everyone cheers. And then the Patriots come out, everyone really cheers. And then you hear the booing for Tom Brady when he's on the field at certain points. And it's just, it's so tough to hear that for these fans. I just can't believe that they would, they would do that. <laughs> That's so my hot take. Everybody's fair game, but there are certain guys that I, I think that you exalt and, and they don't qualify. You know, you're run-of-the-mill player, but then there's, there's these all-time greats that you kind of got to give them a pass when it's late in their career in situations like that. Is, is that fair? Yeah. yeah but yes. I, I mean, my son, I took him out to feed the, you know, to a petting zoo and he was feeding the animals and it's like instead of, you know, snapping, he's feeding the goats, it's, he's feeding the Tom Brady's. I mean, how many people can you say that about? <laughs> like, it's like there's only a certain few. If you're a New England, I mean, when you look at what Tom Brady has done for them and just his history, I mean, he could play till he's 70 at this rate. My gosh. It's way more fun for me to uh, poke the bear and the bear is Spencer. Yeah, it, it yeah, just was you, more yeah fun. you love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not. It was fun. I'll probably do it again. I'm just warning you. Kate, Bills, Giants, Jets all won. It was a great day for New York-centered football teams. I, I mean, the Bills, what else can be said other than they humiliated and embarrassed the Texans? But I'll, I'll take your answer on the Giants and the Jets both getting one in the win column. It just it really kind of saved their season and gave them a chance. Big difference between 1-3 and three and 0-4. Oh Oh, 100%, and especially with the Giants being in the NFC East, with we know how that division is. So the fact that they pulled that one out over the Saints was pretty impressive. And, Spencer, I'll give it to you, Zach Wilson, he looked solid. He made some of those plays that you're like, oh, this is why the Jets wanted Zach Wilson. I was impressed by his performance, and you can see kind of what he's capable of. So it was nice, I'm sure, for you and for – you know, the Jets faithful to finally see them get in the win column, especially in that fashion with, you know, overtime. And then, I mean, the Bills, come on. The fact that they shut out Houston and they just made them look silly. That game was ridiculous. And when you look at what the weather was, what they were kind of up against, just (laughs) the fact that they didn't just win, they dominated them 40 to nothing. I mean, the Bills are really good right now and I would be really scared if I was Kansas City this week coming into that matchup yeah Casey scraped away a win over Philadelphia but man it's, oh it's, I know it's not the same Chiefs I know I'm, I'm sorry to bring up that horrible yeah that's yeah. true yeah I, I, I forget your too loyalties soon. yeah too soon hashtag too soon but uh that's not the same Chiefs team as as it stands right now that it was last year that they went up against in the AFC championship game that's for sure Kate Calloway, Spectrum Sports. Let's do it again very soon. Always grateful for the time. We appreciate you. Text at 31, ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. We're going to come right back, and I actually have to invoke Jimmy Butler's name. Basketball player, Miami Heat. That's next. 
This is Exit 31. Here is Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Here's the last thing we'll say today. Pretty soon we're going to have like all the sports because we're getting ready for the NBA and the NHL to enter the fall mix, right? Well, that brings me to Jimmy Butler real quick. I just want to read you a quote from him. He said, after my basketball career and people are like, man, what is Jimmy doing nowadays? You know where you're going to find me? I'm going to be in my cafe behind the bar making coffee. It's going to go from NBA (laughs) all-star to barista, basically. Do you remember? He was selling cups of coffee like 20 bucks a pop in the bubble. Yeah. He he had a whole setup in in, in the hotel. I mean, you're quarantined in there. You couldn't leave. Was was it going to be like the Jimmy Buckets... Jimmy Buckets Barista. That's pretty awesome, though, right? I mean, I I, I kind of like that guy. I want to go to his cafe. I love I, coffee, so I, I, I felt totally, a bond. I totally go there. I felt a bond. Yeah. Chargers, Raiders tonight. Who you got? Don't think about it. Just answer. Raiders. Who do you got? Blue guy. Who is that? Chargers, Raiders. Raiders. Ra- uh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm saying Chargers. You won't. Justin Herbert. I, you I, think so? I, I got some faith you in Justin so? Herbert. I yeah. can say a name too, Derek Carr. Yep. I know, oh, I know. I get it. And he's having a great season. <laughs> MVP caliber. Does he have a old school Derek Carr or this year's version of Derek Carr? That's what I wonder. You're on the block with Brent Axe coming up just a couple minutes away. It's ESPN Radio Exit 31, QSportsTalk.com. See you tomorrow.